Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Okay, so our message today is the ministry of a mom. You know, Mother's Day, I'm going to be real honest with you, is a tough one to navigate around. You know, because I had a great mom, and I really had. And um, not everybody has a great mom. You know, not everybody has the mom that maybe I had or or certain situations that you can be a little bit disappointed. Again, you're navigating around different sensitive issues. But as moms, they wear a lot of hats. They really do. And I think as I have gotten older, you begin to realize the importance of your mom and how wise your mom was. You know, when, when we were kids, you know, we didn't think our moms were real bright. We didn't think they were real smart. We had attitudes towards them. You know what I mean? You don't know what you're doing. You don't, you don't understand me. And we whine, complain, stomp our feet like immature babies even when we're teenagers. So the mom, looking back, is the mature one. And what does she do? She's got to come and meet the immature one. You know, the immature one doesn't know how to act mature, but the mature one knows how to come down to their level. So again, these are just some things that I have picked up as I've uh, looked back on the years of my mother and the, the blessing that she has been to me. But, you know, we know the typical story. Moms are they're taxi drivers. They're cooks. They're teachers. They're home managers, they're peacemakers, they're protectors, they're correctors. They do our homeworks for us. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to just veer off course just a little bit here, okay? I don't want to get too much off course. But talking about that, I'm going to talk about Lisa for in a minute here. And I normally don't say anything about Lisa when I preach. But, <laughs> but I'm going to share something. But uh, one of the things was homework. It was always tough doing their homework. And Lisa would always work with the kids and get their homework done. And I would have my excuse. I got other things to do. I'm busy and I can't do it and all that. Well, one time Lisa demanded that I do the homework. And I can't remember what kid it was, Lisa, one of them. And um, I said, okay, I'll do it. So I helped them with two problems. It was math thing, two problems. This is the honest to the truth. Two problems. And I said, I can't do it anymore. I said, you do it. This is your homework. I'm done. So I left them and let them do their homework themselves. Honest truth. The next day, I, I want to say it was Johnny, but I'm not sure. The next day, they come back with the paper, and every one of them was right, except for the two that I helped them with. <laughs> that, that, is, that is the honest truth. So, man, that stuff does work. You know, it really does work. But anyway, um, moms truly are ministers. And, uh, again, I learned a lot from my mom. And I see just characteristics that my wife, Lisa, has. And, you know, my mom has successfully raised six of us. And my mom was definitely the glue that, that kept us together. All six of us are serving the Lord. I mean, we're all serving the Lord. It's incredible. Yeah, praise, praise the Lord for mom. And she was able to do it. And, and I look at the characteristics of my mom. And I'm going to try to be careful, okay, because I don't want to, you know, if I turn around and I say, well, look at them colors, that's because I'm probably breaking down or whatever. But, you know, we love our moms, you know. Pretty colors. I like them colors. 
Reminds me of mom. No. But anyway, um, the characteristics of how do you keep a family together? And I seen it go right into my family, Lisa, and how she kept our family together. Our boys, every one of them is serving the Lord. They got wives now that are serving the Lord. We got grandkids, they're serving the Lord. And as they get older, they'll serve the Lord. But what is the chemistry that takes place there? Well, let me say one thing. As a father, most of the time I was out. And in in the in in them times, and it should be these times, most of the times the mom is raising the child. I mean, really, the mom's raising the kids. And Lisa has done a great job. One of the attributes was dinner. We always, you know, once I got to a more settled job in, in the office, so to speak, we would have dinner as much as we can every day together. She was that was one of her main goals. Uh, the other thing Lisa would do is when these babies, when our babies, when our boys, our men, they're men now, but when our men were babies, when they were infants, Lisa would constantly be kissing these guys. Seriously, she'd be hugging them and holding them and kissing them. I mean, really, I mean, a hundred to one. You know what that means, right? hundred to one. The kids got a hundred kisses and I got one. <laughs> I mean, that's, and I know that sounds funny, but it's very true. I mean, because that was just the way she was, that loving nurture that a mom would have that she would just, con- and they were infants, just the whole time. And I'd say, hey, honey, I'm here. How you doing? Yeah, right. She'd kiss me, shake my hand or something like that while she's kissing. <laughs> but really, that's the makeup of, of a mom, and that's the makeup of Lisa, how much she has sacrificed. You know, she didn't go to the career, and sometimes you have them, um, you have them situations where uh, the gatherings around and everybody's talking about their careers and everything. And Lisa even would tell me, sometimes I just don't feel like I fit in. And here it is, a mom, the most important job in the whole wide world, the most important job in the whole wide world, the job that I wouldn't trade for all the tea in China. Because I got to tell you, it is the times that I would be off work or something like that, I don't want to have nothing to do with that hard work. It was constantly. We have days off. Moms just keep on going. They keep. They don't have a day off. So I commend my wife for raising good kids. And, um, you know, um, she puts up with a lot. Raising kids through the teenagers stage. Married to me. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? But, you know, then as we, as we got into ministry, I will just say this. Nobody has a clue the the uh, uh, the life of a pastor's wife. Many people think they do, but they don't have a clue with how to how a wife always takes a back seat. But yet, you know what? She's still a mom. So praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for my mom. I thank the Lord for my kid's mom, which is Lisa. Amen. So anyway, let's move on here. The ministry of a mom, I'm telling you, a mom pulls everything together. Um, because the child spends more time with the mom than it does with the dad, typically. Not all the time. I know there's, there's different things out there. But mom's lives are so important because the kids are watching what they're doing. The kids are watching what the mom's saying. They're watching the words, the lifestyle, everything that's taking place in the mom's lives. The kids are watching. They're watching again more than they're watching the dad because they're seeing the mom more more frequently, obviously. So moms are investing in their kids. And be honest, they want to return. They want to return. They really do. But when it comes to mothers, uh, you know, the mother hen protecting the little chickadees, 
You know what I'm talking about? Don't cross up a mom. There's no stopping. I got two examples here. One of them is when I was a manager for my kids' baseball. Excuse me. I managed my kids' baseball little league, and there was and there was a situation where we were on the third base side, and uh, this kid, little guys at the time, hit a ball, ran the ran the first. Of course, when a ball is thrown to the first baseman, it's most times not going to be caught. <laughs> I can tell you that much. So the, the the first baseman did not catch the ball, but it hit this kid. Now it wasn't no big deal. Okay, honestly, it wasn't no no big deal. But this mother came off of the bleachers, which was right behind me. And there was no stopping to her. She was like a freight train. She ran across the field, like through third base. The umpire wasn't stopping her. I wasn't about to stop her. I can tell you that much. And she ran after the child. And you know what? She didn't. She didn't care about the umpire. She didn't care about me. She didn't care about the game going on. One thing was in her mind was that her son. And as it was, you know, it wasn't like Cal Ripken was throwing the ball. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. But the, here's one thing I knew I wasn't going to do. I wasn't going to say, he's all right, don't worry about him. I wasn't going to say that because I know I know the, the viciousness that came out. But she ran across that field, man, and she went after after the kid. The kid was fine. Another scenario, sad, sad days in Baltimore. Remember when we had the riots? It was sad. It was, it was, it was terrible. But um, there was a certain lady, and I'll just use her first name because nowadays we have to be careful being out there. Her first name was Tanya. Now, um... Now, Tanya's, uh, the kids got off of school early because of the riots taking place. And uh, Tanya, I think she got off early as well because so much turmoil was going on. So she's on her way home. She's going, she lives in the area where the riots are taking place. And she recognizes her kid in, in, the, in the crowd with the rioters, if you call them rioters. Now, the kid was all covered up. He had a hoodie on and everything. But the mom was able to recognize him from the, from the back. She recognized him somehow or another. She goes and she grabs a hold of this kid and she drags him out of the crowd. She's beating him. She's, she's hitting him and just con- continues dragging. This is all on video. It's on. It, it went viral. And I even looked it up uh, during the week here to get some more information. And she's not worrying about the rocks that are being thrown. She's not worrying about what the kid's going to say. She's not worrying about the police or anything else. She's beating this kid and dragging him. Saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing this? And the kid's not retaliating. But it's the, it's the love of a mom who doesn't care. It doesn't care what the consequences is. When your kid is involved or in a bad spot, the mom goes after like a like viciously. And she was interviewed on the several news, but the one, the one I particularly watch, they interviewed her. They said, uh, what did you think when you knew this video went viral. And you know what her response was? I hope my pastor doesn't see it. That's what she says. Look it up. Because she went, she went after him. She really did. And, and, but again, I mean, this is what moms do. This is what moms do. They're tough. I mean, they're tough. They, they'll do whatever it takes. But on the other hand, now they can switch gears and they can be the most compassionate uh, people in the world. They really can. They go, they switch from being a bulldog to, to a gentle mommy. And I don't know how that works. You know what I mean? But it's interesting because when you see scripture, God in, in Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66, here's what the Lord says. As a mother comforts her child, so 
will I comfort you. Kind of interesting here. God is comparing himself to, to a mom. You don't really see a whole lot that, you know what I mean? You don't see that a whole lot of times, but you're seeing that God is saying, man, like, like moms, I, I, this is the way I am. Speaking of Israel and how he's comforting Israel. But the point that I'm making, as a mother comforts herself, so I will comfort you. Man, that's a high status there. It really is. God uses moms. In Psalm 139, it says this here, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know, the Bible says that children, which we all are, are a gift from God. We're a gift from God. Your, your kids are a gift from God. In the womb, in the womb, God is working you. Some, there's some women here that are carrying babies right now. God's, God's working. God's, God's putting it all together. Something is taking place. What a, what a status that God has put on women. I mean, really, it's amazing when you just think about it a little bit. Now, we're going to get into a couple verses here, and we're going to dissect them, if you will. But we're going to see mother. We're going to see a, a, the, the characteristics of a, of a godly mom. Now, we're going to get in some scripture here. And every time you read a Bible account, remember something. It's in there for a reason, okay? It's in there for a reason because God's got it in there. It's not just a, a nice story. It's not just history. But it's like the parables. Okay, sometimes you don't know what they mean, but they're in there for a reason. And when you dig deep, you'll find a reason. So we're going to see an earthly story. We're going to see a heavenly meaning here, but we're going to see an actual event that took place. It's seven verses, and I want to look at all seven of them. This is a message about the widow with the oil. So in verse 1, it goes this way. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah. Now, Elijah was the man of God. Okay, we'll see that later. But here's the point. He's the man of God. This is the way God communicated to people back in them days by prophets. They talked to the man of God. Man of God passes the word on. It kind of, that was the connection there. Today, we have direct access. Saying, your servant, my husband is dead. This is what the woman's saying. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. Her husband was a godly man. And the creditors is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now, we, we, we can look at a couple of things right here now. Okay, we see a godly man who apparently got him, made himself over, you know, under whatever you call it, in fine and debt. We see a widow. We see two sons. We see no money. And we see the creditors is coming to take the kids away. Now, we see that in there, right? But take notice of the, what the mom says. The mom, she's crying out. She's not just saying, hey, can you help me? No, she's crying out because she's in a desperate situation. It's, it's very clear here. But take notice of the dialogue as they continue to go on. So in verse 2, so Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So we see here 
Now, you're looking at the man of God responding to this woman's need. Now, remember, he's the prophet. He's connected with God. And, we're, and the analogy is God is basically saying, okay, well, what do you need? You're going through a situation right now. What do you need? Now, God knows what we need, but he's saying, hey, speak it out. Don't be ashamed. What do you need? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have in your life? When she says about this oil, now oil is a big, uh, big thing in the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, is, it speaks of the Holy Spirit. So keep that in mind because that's an important point there because as we're going through here, it's explaining the spiritual uh, example that we need to get out of it. But your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. So he says, okay. She explained that she's got nothing or at least she thinks she's got nothing. Now, when you're a child of God, you have something. First of all, you got faith. You got a measure of faith. You got something in you. You got something to grow on. You got something to expand. So, so what are you going to do? Let's get to verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. So now the man of God is giving her instruction, just like God gives us instructions. We go to God, we got to expect he's going to tell us something, and then we got to be obedient. So collect as much as you can. That's an interesting point there, you know? So they got all the empty jars, they were obedient, and in their obedience, they had action. You know, faith without works is dead. We can have all the talk that we want, we can say, but if God tells us to do something, the faith has to kick in. Almost kind of like I say with the, with, um, what the word of God says about us getting baptized. God says us to get baptized. Man, we got to put it into action. You know what I mean? We got we to gotta do it. But we're seeing here that the lady and her sons, they're in action. They're, they're, they're rolling along here. Verse 4. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So Elijah is now giving her instructions. When we seek God, okay, we need to expect God to do something. As we're following his lead, if he's telling us something, we got to expect that something is going to take place. Now, we go through this scripture here, and we got to read this next scripture so these two come together. So verse 5 says this. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Okay, so what was the what was one of the things was go inside and shut the door. Now, what is the analogy there? What is God trying to say there? Well, let me tell you. When God is dealing with you, you got to get the distractions out of the way. Shut the door so the neighbors ain't coming by, so they're not saying, what are you doing with all this oil? Where's my vessel at? You know, whatever it may be. But even in our own lives, man, we got to, we need something serious. We got to get serious with God. Get out of the distractions. Nowadays, we would shut the door. Nowadays, we shut the TV off. We turn the computer off. Nowadays, we got to put our phone in the other room so we don't have any distractions. And that's what God wants. He wants our full attention. He doesn't want just partial attention. He doesn't want just, you know, half of our time. I mean, 
Any relationship won't work that way if you're just given a piece of your, your attention. And God wants all of it as well. But this is part of the obedience here. How easy we can get distracted. But serious work is taking place. Serious work is happening. Verse 6. Now keep in mind, this is the, this is the work of a mother. This is a mom who's, who's got to do something here. She's not worrying about anything else. Verse 6. Now came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is no other vessel. So the oil ceased, the oil stopped. Okay, do you understand the picture here? The picture is basically, she's got a vessel full of oil, or I don't know how much oil in it. The man of God said, collect all the empty ones out and just start filling them. And the, and the, the, uh, the one that she had just didn't empty. She just kept on dumping it into the next one. Oil was very valuable at this point, okay? So, so the point is the miracle is taking place, just continuing to fill and fill more. And, for, and the, when did the oil stop? When the vessels were all used up. You know what I mean? Now, so stick with me here because we're going we're gonna to wind down here. Then she came and told the man of God and said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. This is the way God works. See, he's not going to shortchange you. He's not only paying off the debt, but he's providing enough for this mother and kids to live on. See, we see in, this, in these seven verses, we see, and, and I, know, I know I'm just kind of going through this pretty quick here, but we see that, that um, there was a despair in this home. In this mom, we've seen there was something taking place. We've seen, however, we've seen a devotion in this in this person's life. She was devoted to her family. She was doing what it takes. She didn't want her kids to become slaves. We see there her her faith was was uh, unquestionable, where God said it and she just did it. I mean, really, if someone would say to you, you got problems right now, maybe you got financial problems, okay, well, get all, go around to your neighbors and get all the empty containers. We wouldn't do that. We would say, that's crazy. You know, we would almost think we could never do that. But because maybe pride and stuff like that would be in our way, whatever it may be. But the point really is, is, man, she didn't care. She was just like the, the mother running across the baseball field. There was nothing stopping her. Or Tanya, that lady in the riots, there was nothing stopping her. She had to do something. And God, God fulfilled her need. See, sometimes our blessings, if you will, may be limited to our capacity to receive them. Sometimes we think that, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy. Sometimes we think that I'm okay. We're not going to get it unless we are humbly before our God and say, God, I need you. I need you. What is the spiritual analogy of this account, maybe? Oil represents, again, the Holy Spirit, the Old and New Testament. Elijah, the name means God is salvation. So we we got a need, we got something very valuable, and we got God in the midst here. Salvation means welfare, means 
Prosperity means deliverance, means safety. So Elijah was the connection again. He was he was, uh, the God. God is salvation. So the point really is is we see the need for for God to intervene in our lives. Now we may not want it. We may be afraid to to have it. But one point that we see is there was a need and God fulfilled the need as the person acted in faith. We can stand at this time. I'm going to start winding down. I know everybody's got to get the Mother's Day lunch and all that. I don't want to get no moms mad at me. I know how they can be. But, you know, sometimes faith can be a little little hard in our lives. Where you're at in your walk with the Lord determines how much faith you got. Faith is not a risk, but unbelief is. I mean, it really is. When you're growing your faith, you know God's going to answer. You know you what you got to do. You got to live an obedient life. You got to have a connection with God. You got to have a relationship with God. You got to be reading his word. You got to be listening to what he's got to say. But as faith continues to grow, you realize it's not a risk. All I got to do is just be a doer. All I got to do is do what God says. See, God is not moved by our problems. He's not moved by our problems. He's moved by our faith. You can have all the problems in the world. And believe me, I hear it all the time. How much more, God? How much more is he going to give me? How much more can I handle? Oh, he gives you all, you know, he's not going to give you more than you can handle. And people take that verse out of context as well. But the point is, is how much more? I can't take any more, God. He's not moved by how much problems you got. He's moved by your faith. You know, how much faith you got is what moves God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. This is why you'll hear us preach all the time. You got to be reading your Bible. You got to be reading your Bible. You got to be reading your Bible because this is where your faith's coming from. Watch Christian networks. Watch, you know, watch these services online, the podcasts, whatever. Just, just continue to get the word of God in you and your faith will build up. You won't have to be crying to God when you have a problem. Hebrews says it this way, but without faith, it is impossible to please God please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him interesting verse there as we as we close without faith okay so we see we need to have faith we see that this mom had faith she went to the man of God we see that as we believe he's a rewarder of those who here's the big one diligently seek him diligently seek him not seek him on Sunday mornings but diligently every day every day seeking him and as you continue to seek God your sins will go further away many people deal with sins all the time many of them are are um, secret sins whatever they may be in the, in the mind things we look at things where activities we may be partaking in whatever it is but the more you continue to fill yourself up with godly things the bad stuff will go out So, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe and that he is a rewarder. He rewarded this lady. This lady was blessed. She made it into the Bible. But the story is not just about her. It's how God uses her to tell us a story. How God uses a simple mom 
to preserve her family. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we pray for our moms, past tense, present tense, Lord. Father, we thank you for them. Lord, I know there's there's some here that may have uh, hurts with their moms, but Lord, we just we know you're the healer of everything, Father. Not Lord, I pray for anyone who has a has or had a bad relationship with their mom. Lord, that you would just continue to heal it. Father, I pray, I, I pray just blessings on the moms here today. I pray blessings on the women here today. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, I thank you for my mom, the blessing she has been. So many. And Lord, I thank you for this day that we honor moms. And Lord, I know you honor them as well. We thank you for our moms. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead for our sins. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service, and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you. God bless you, and have a great day.